Well, in the merry month of May, now from me home, I started with the girls and threw them nearly broken hearted. Saluted father dear, kissed me darling, but I drank a pint of beer, me grief and tears, but I'm not to reap the corn and leaf. Welcome back to Geek Life, Panda Mega's very own podcast. With me, as always, is my fearless co-host, Brian. Woo! We are finally doing this live, and we are drinking on the air. Yes, absolutely. We're drinking on the air. This is our very first and experimental, to be completely fair, our experimental podcast slash party. As you can imagine, this is our St. Paddy's Day party. <laughs> so... So, so in the end, this may end up being a little bit insane, and the background noise may be crazy, and the cuts may be really raw and everything. And but hey, you know. first fights, all the best stuff. Exactly, exactly. You, you know, JP, I can't help but think that because I said on the last podcast that this was the first one that I wasn't either hungover, sick, or drunk on, <laughs> that you decided that we couldn't have this keep up. Yes, yes. So, so let. But before we get started, we we will we will say because this is going to be going on for the rest of the entire podcast. We will say that we are drinking. We are a drinking, lot. of course, a lot. And, and the, the, the drinking game, because you need a drinking game, is that we each had to choose one word or phrase that we always seem to say, and we would really like to try and just kind of rub out of our conversational you know, English. And we wrote it down on a little Hi, My Name Is slapped it on our chests, and whenever anybody says that word that's on their chest, they have to drink. Wait, whenever anybody says it? No, whenever, whenever the person speaking. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to murder you guys. I've got um sitting on See, here. See, the, pro- the, pro- the, so the problem was is that our original thought was, oh, we should just have anybody, or we should have whenever anybody, anybody says, um, everybody drinks, but then we decided that we didn't want to die. So, so we ended up saying, okay, we each have our own unique thing, you know. Like my, for my, for us, I'll start. You know, actually, let's go around and introduce everybody that's here first, so that we have a frame of reference for all this. Introduce and give our words. It's introduce and give the words. So, okay, so of course, as always, I'm JP, and what I'm not allowed to say today is, okay, so this is the Earth. And the administrator? Yeah, I actually, for some reason, decided that I wanted to kill myself with the word um. Yes. It's nice knowing you, administrator. Yeah, it's nice yeah, knowing yeah, you. No, we're going to get to see the administrator drunk just right directly out all, all I can think of is when we were doing the last video game podcast, and we were all horribly, horribly hungover. And I think 90% of what I said was um. That doesn't count. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. I've got three drinks in front of me, and I have a feeling that they're going to be empty within the first, oh, I don't know, yeah. Five, ten minutes? In a quick hurry. A quick hurry. So, and then, the Brian, what's your word? Mine is actually a small phrase. It's, but, um. But, um, shh. No. <laughs> so, yeah, anytime that I say, but, um, I gotta take a drink. Correct. Now, now part of this game is that any is that they don't have to drink if nobody else calls it. So, if I'm sitting over here and I say, okay, so, blah, 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 and nobody catches me saying that, like, right away, then I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I'm safe. Okay. So... <laughs> Shit! <laughs> the first trick of the night. Moving forward. Well done. Okay, ready. Pizza. So yeah. I guess so so Brian. So Brian's word. The Brian's word is. But um. Now the problem with this is that Brian, as as along with being the the fearless co-host, is also our designated driver. What? <laughs> so, I'm sorry, did I not say that before? No, you did not. Right, well, okay, so oh, you're... The, you, oh, damn it! <laughs> I'm going to be dead. Right? This is going to be a dead night. Moving up, anyway, 
Brian, you're the designated driver. People got to get home. People got. Some of us got to work tomorrow. So that, I didn't say the other one. It's safe. All right. <laughs> don't. Uh, I'm, all right. Anyway. So Brian, your job. Whenever you say but um, you have to pick somebody. Okay. It can't be the same person in a row. Don't I don't, don't murder I'm, anybody. You can pick Dustin twice in a row. That's okay because that guy, Dustin <laughs> just just can't get drunk. I think there's just like something about his biology. Anyway, so you have to pick. Designated driver, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, but, but as a designated driver, you get to be our drinking game commissioner. Which cool, means what are my powers? Which means you get to choose. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, well, anyway, Great, we've given you. the bride more authority. This right. is a good plan. <laughs> so next is Dustin. How's it going? And your reward is... I have a very distinctive um, and so it's that um that I'm going to drink. So it's the long um, it's the um... Yeah, the long um at the beginning of a, set, of a sentence. Alright, so if you say, if you say um, that's okay, but if you go uh, and then say what you're going to say, yeah. then it's on. Okay. Next is Chaz, coming back again. Cheers, Chaz. Oh yeah. And my word is, well it's not a word, it's a phrase, you know. Because I, for some reason, am interested in whether or not other people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> because you know. I do know, but uh, apparently a lot of people don't, so... The Chaz is into educating people. As I said before, well, Chaz I is a... I kind of a disagree with that. It should be, well, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> he died! Chaz is into correcting people, is really what's happening. <laughs> well, you know, you gotta have the... Drink! <laughs> Dustin's drinking along. Oh, oh so nice. good, so good. Anyway, Joe, your yes. your word is. I'm going with like, because I am from Northern California. <laughs> I seriously considered putting hella on there. Hella, hella, hella. I don't think we're that Northern. California. Yeah, I don't I think. Yeah, well, uh, I am. Reasons. I say hella pretty damn regularly. That's still very popular in a certain town 15 minutes north of us. South? <laughs> south. South of us. We're not that drunk yet. We know. <laughs> Geography are hard. Anyway, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about games. We've come all the way back around to games, and this time, uh, we're going to be reviewing the game called Journey. Journey is currently available on the PlayStation Network as a downloadable title. It came out, I think, last week at the time of this recording. I, I was uh, I am I am a uh, PlayStation Plus member, which they allows me certain cool things, and it, it gives me the opportunity to get early access to certain games, which is exactly what happened. And so what what that gave me was the opportunity to play this game a couple of days before it actually came out. And Journey is is neat, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it. But the exciting thing about Journey is that it's really short. It's, I would say, maybe about two and a half hours, like uh -oh. at a leisurely pace, even. Yeah. Under three, easily. So what ended up happening is, instead of all of us collectively having played the game over the past couple months, or past you know, you know, month or two or whatever, in between the game's uh, podcasts, we actually all got together and had a journey review round-robin gameplay party. Pulled out the beer and the pizza and just sat around and passed the control around between levels and everybody got to play it and see it all at once. 
It was it was cool. I mean, what did you guys think? Oh, that was, man, it was that awesome. Was, yeah. Yeah. That was neat. If we ever come across a game that's really short like that again, I do think that we should review it, and I do think we should have a pre-party because that was yeah, good. That, yeah, was that was a lot of fun doing that. that was so absolutely, cool. absolutely. Unfortunately, uh, Chaz, being that he just bought his very own house with his congratulations, <laughs> he uh, with with his sister and his girlfriend, they were able to get this incredible place, and it's really really cool. And unfortunately, a lot of us haven't gone over there to see it yet, but hopefully, we will soon. But he's been over there working on it and replacing the floors, is it? Everything. Replacing everything. <laughs> so a little bit of a fixer-upper, maybe. In a hundred years, a lot can happen. <laughs> what, when was it? When did it? When, what, 1910. What, 1910, yeah. Awesome. Anyway, we're all excited to come over there and see that. But uh, being that Chaz is out of town, he did not get to come and do that. So Chaz basically just gets to sit here and look pretty during the journey section. I'd say look drunk. Look but... drunk. That works good. <laughs> Yeah, it's my job to look pretty. Correct. Correct. Always it is your job. I don't, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to turn to a gerb. And secondly, after talking about Journey, we're going to do our March Madness special. Again, this is this is just the March Mayhem fun time right now. We've got we've got St. Patty's Day celebration and March Madness. Now, Mar now, now, Brian, the Brian originally approached me. I think it was last month. Even before this, he's thinking ahead, thinking ahead, and was very excited about doing March Madness. So, so Brian, take it away. Tell us, tell us, tell us how March Madness is going to work this time. So, uh, what we're doing is we're doing a segment called "One Shiny Moment." Spoiler alert! So, spoiler alert is part of the title. Spoiler alert is part of the title. Okay. And the reason is, is uh, when CBS does the NCAA championships, they have at the very end they have a montage of highlights to the song One Shining Moment. Mostly, most of the time it's uh, done by Luther Vandross. And as one person put it, it's the greatest three minutes that CBS has all year long. <laughs> and, and so what I decided was, I decided to take the idea of that song and turn it into one shining moment in a video game. So a cutscene or a or like a gameplay functionality or something. So like a memorable that, moment. A very memorable moment. Good or bad, but very memorable moment. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in a particular category, it's, good or bad. No, good or bad, it doesn't matter. It couldn't even be just a moment in gaming, really, it could just be just like a mechanic. Moment. Exactly, with even a mechanic. Okay, so, so, so even when a game is a new mechanic. This is, yeah. Okay, I see. And so the way that we're doing this is we have our Sweet 16 choices, and we are going to be doing this round robin where we put them all in a hat. In a... Irish Saint, hat. In, a, in a St. Patrick's Day hat. Bright green. Bright which green. Which says Irish forever. That's right. Plastic, it is a St. Patrick's Day material. hat. Which was plastic, the traditional material yes. of St. Yes. Patrick's Day. <laughs> and, and so what, what's going to happen is we're going to, we're going to pass the thing around and somebody's going to take out two of the uh, moments and we're going to vote on it. Which one uh, we feel is better and which one is not. The loser goes home the winner gets to the next round. Traditional tournament style. It's not traditional tournament style because there's no seating or anything. It's random. So there's a chance that we could have what we consider are going to be the top two battle it out right away. Okay. And one of them's going to be out. Uh, so that's how that's, this one's going to go around. And that's going to be our second half of the show. So that way, if you are really afraid of hearing spoilers in games, and I don't even think there's any games that are... Even more well, there is one, one or two games, but there's really not, recent games. Yeah, there aren't very many recent recent games. 
So you don't have to worry about that, but if you're really afraid of spoilers, we'll, after that segment, that'll be the last we'll thing. Make point, we'll make a point. Yeah, we'll make a point. We'll make a point to say spoiler alerts. You can pretty much stop here. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's start talking about Journey. soundtrack on that is really something special it really is journey is really quite literally a journey I mean, it really is an incredible experience to play i thought it was a band <laughs> somebody was gonna say that sooner or later yeah i think when he said we we're gonna have a journey night i thought we were just going to be out <laughs> drinking and karaoke don't stop believing and when the lights go down like all night long or for at least two and a half hours straight but that was not the case well getting back to the review just like always, we'll go around in a circle and talk about it. And Chaz gets to sit there and look smart, was it? Was the plan? Drunk. drunk. Look drunk. <laughs> doing a good job. <laughs> so, uh, Thank you. Thank you know, you. like we said earlier, it's a pretty quick game. About two and a half hours. It's by that game company of Flower and Flow fame. Yes. Which, actually, and we'll get into it a little bit, but there are some really cool Easter eggs. There are some really cool Easter eggs from their previous games in the game, especially if you're really, like, looking at, you know, exploring quite a bit. Anyway, the, uh, the game essentially, in a nutshell, is a journey from point A to point B. You start in the middle of this desert, and you look off in the distance, and there's this giant mountain with, like, a little seam in the center at the very top, and a glowing light. And, you know, in games, they tend to direct you towards where you're supposed to be based on visual cues like shining lights or whatever. I, we like to make the, the joke that gaming is really just for a bunch of people who are stoned because it's not stones but stoned. <laughs> because, you know, that's that's like that's that's the habitual joke is that, you know, after after two o'clock in the morning, you know, you know, stoners come to seven eleven and buy tinfoil because it's shiny. <laughs> but anyway, the the game is really, really cool. It's, it's almost more like just driving it, really. It's almost like kind of driving your character as if you were to a car. It's really more directing the story. Anyway, the long and short of it is, is that you travel through different environments, learning different things, and there's a heavy emphasis on uh, atmosphere and really high-quality detail and lots of you know, really interesting gameplay mechanics, and it feels really smooth, I would say. And it is puzzle solving. Puzzle solving. It's a relatively simple puzzle solving. Really, it really seems like the game is meant to be for you know kind of anybody who'd like to play. As you had said uh, when we were playing it, like that the game is more of an experience than it is a game, mm -hmm. and it's very true with this one. Yes, definitely. Um, well, let's 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 get started. Why don't we Why don't we start with you, Joe? I'm watching the like. I can see it on your chest. So you, Hawkeye is happening. All right. All right. Are you ready? Um, so, so, jo so Joe's impressions. Show. Joe's impressions. Right, so no I rating. No rating. We'll get to the rating later. But just impressions first. No worries. I had an awesome time playing that game. The the ambience of it was breathtaking. You couldn't go five seconds playing that game without getting completely distracted by everything else that was going on. The reflections from the sand. The fabric dynamics, the you know, the just the character dynamics were all so mesmerizing and so pretty. 
that I almost don't remember what the game was about. <laughs> just in awe of the visual, just physical, the visual. Total awe of watching the whole thing unfold before me. Um, and, well, it, yeah, like I said, I was just completely distracted by how beautiful the game was. And with the, that soundtrack going, too, it was such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, a, a sensory sort of experience. Definitely. A lot of the times, and I think that I read a review on IGN about it, and what he said was that a lot of the time in video games, you more notice if the soundtrack is missing than what the soundtrack really is. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack often takes a back seat, and I think in this game, in particular, the soundtrack is one of the main centerpieces of the entire experience. Oh, yeah. You know, it builds to a crescendo when it's getting really intense. And, like, oh. Drink! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's, but it's really not that unusual for that game company. I mean, no, they, they, did, you play, did you play Flower or Flow? They have, they have that concept established that the soundtrack is an integral part of a complete gaming experience. Definitely. Yeah, I, I did not play Flow. Did you play Flow? Really? Did you play Flower? Yes. Okay. I, I've only played Flower. I haven't played Flow. I would like to play Flow, especially after having played Journey recently. But yes, you're right. There's always a heavy emphasis on the audio and really bringing the whole experience together. It seems like every little bit of it is really tight. So is there anything else you wanted to bring up, Joe? Oh, I was going to drop a little bit of a spoiler that the scene where you're walking through the snow right. and the soundtrack dies down slow, lower oh. and lower and you can just hear like the, uh, the audio <laughs> drink, of, drink. <laughs> the audio effects of the snow and the freezing it gets so intense it really yeah, does. The, I mean like so being that the audio is so excellent when they pull it away it brings your attention and you're like what is happening yeah, I was so far on the edge of my seat, I was practically standing. <laughs> I remember that your eyes were bugging out. Yeah, I, w I was way, way into that. And, yeah, about to fall out of the chair. Definitely. Yeah. Lots of fun. Good. Very cool. Anything else? Uh, Alright, Dustin, what was your impressions? I really liked it. It was, it's very simple, but there's... As simple as it seems, it was it guides you well, uh, where you just don't feel like it's directing you, but you just see cues that give you a hint that that's where you feel you should go towards. Like in one scene that I played through, the part that I was in, there is almost an empty desert, and there's just a couple rocks placed out in the middle of the sand that they're the old, only real landmark. And so you get the feeling that's like, that's where I'm supposed to go. And Very subtle visual cues as to directing you to where you go. I mean, because there's, there's one level, and I think it is appropriately entitled Desert, as I've played, I've, I've played back through it several times since the, we played it together. And it's huge! And you could completely get lost in there. Yeah. I can see you want to say it. Say it. Say uh, it. No. Nope. Say it. it. <laughs> Pizza number two coming out of the oven. Fire alarm! Gathered by your beer wings. Yes. 
Anyway, you were going to say? Uh, Drink! <laughs> but it is complicated enough that, like, I had a, a companion in the, the multiplayer part. Basically, it puts you with just a random person. Mm -hmm. You don't know their name. You don't know anything about them. You just will run into another person. And you can't talk to them or communicate anything besides a... Yeah, a little chime yeah, thing. A little chime chirp thing. Chirp. Chirp, yeah. yeah. And the administrator and I agree on the chirp. Brian, Dave Brian and the administrator and I, we were having epic conversations and confusion about about the, uh, the what we should call it. Yes. It's a chirp. You well, we were it, first going with tweets, and I was just thinking, well, if it's connected to your Twitter account, then <laughs> how bad would it be where it's like, I just made a noise in Journey. JP's Twitter account would just be nothing but that since the game Chirp, 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 chirp. But anyway, you were talking about the multiplayer. Yeah, so the you're just in there with a random person, and what we found is that there is a situation where if you're playing with someone who really knows what they're doing, it can kind of damage the experience for you if they just run around and do everything. Uh, <laughs> Actually, he said, uh, not um. Whatever. Same it counts. Same it counts. Thing. Drink. If JP could see what Dustin's saying on the waveform. Wow. <laughs> so, you're... Say it. Don't do it. <laughs> but it's a very cool system where you have almost new, no interaction with them besides the fact that you are in this area and you are working together. But I found that at sometimes we ran into people where they were right alongside you and then other times I had a companion get mad at me because I just kept going and he didn't realize what to do and I left him behind. Right. And the game yeah. like dynamically kicks people from your, from your, I guess, your server or whatever you call it, but your game experience. I've had some games, I've pl playthroughs, where people just... Just kind of chilling in the background, doing their own thing, and you know you never really see them, and you pa they pass you by or you pass them by because there's collectibles and stuff, and so there are people kind of surfing around trying to find that sort of stuff. And then there's some people that you really stick with the entire time. And another really cool thing is the sliding down sand hills. That is just oh. a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You know, just kind of a surfing sort of snowboarding feel down the sand that you get to kind of carve. It's just a really cool feeling. And it feels accurate. You know, we've got a beach over here called Dylan's Beach, which is sand dunes, and it felt very true to form. Mm -hmm. You know, I think at some point all of us have been crawling up those things and thinking, oh, this is really hard. And in the game, it feels the same way. It's like, oh, the sand dune, uh, almost there. Whee! <laughs> you know, even the animation... It, oh, it, yeah. It's not. It's not that it just like is the same essentially animation, and it slows down as the stand dune gets steeper. It actually completely changes the animation to an animation that ex expresses a much more like much more effort going into yeah, the steps. Yeah, there's struggle going on with the character. Mm -hmm. Very cool. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to say? I think that's about it. Okay. Are you sure you didn't want to say what was on your shirt one more time? No. Okay. Sure. Okay. You're sure. Sure. Did you just say, I'm sure? Yeah. Was that I'm sure? No. Anyway. Alright, so what, what were your impressions, Brian? So, let's make the short story long, people. Well, one of the things that was really amazing about this game is that there is nothing in the way of dialogue, there's no text, there's no narrator, your character never says a word, you only have the chime, 
and the tweet, the tweet, chirp, um, chirp, but you have this great way of it trying to. You have to fill in the blanks with your own mind because it, it doesn't tell you what the story is. It kind of gives you visual cues as to what the story is on the screen by like hieroglyphics. Right, and like the rugs and everything. And, yeah, and the rugs and everything. So you kind of get you get pretty much a feel of what's going on in Journey, but there is quite a bit of it that's left up to your own imagination and how you perceive the story to actually be. So I found that amazing. The other thing that I found amazing was in the levels that you and Dustin were talking about, the desert right. had the greatest invisible wall I have ever seen oh, in a video brilliant. game. Right? Absolutely so brilliant. Invisible, because but this is a game, I mean, it's, it's about telling a story. It's, it's clearly very directed, but it's very elegantly done. Everything. And it has a lot of the classic gaming conventions, like the solid wall. Yeah. But, so go ahead and explain it to us. How, how did the solid wall, how did so, they do that? So when you're in an environment, a lot of times, like in video games, they'll just have an invisible wall that you just kind of run into and can't right. go further. How they did this in this game with an open environment is that a dust storm starts kicking up. And as the further, closer you get to the edge, the wind keeps picking up more and more until you can't move forward, and it actually blows you back a little bit. Right. And it's pretty progressive. Yes, it's not it like, is. bang, all of a sudden you no, get thrown no, back. No, it no, is, it is progressive. It is brilliantly done. Uh, I mean, so, to the point where you can almost kind of sense you're getting near an edge and just kind of yes. change direction. You don't really feel like you have to kind of run in place in that wall. No, no. You can definitely tell when it's like, okay, this is starting to be one of the areas where we're getting to the edge. They so, did the same thing in Flower, real quick, I'll, I'll say. They did the same thing in Flower where you would, because in Flower, essentially, you played the wind. Oh, that's right. I and the way that, right, And the way that, that you were able to see what you were doing, because clearly wind is transparent, you would collect flower petals. And you had this flower petals kind of kind of spinning in this incredible, beautiful spiral. But if you got towards the edge of the level, it would it wouldn't like take you over. Essentially, you would like run into like winds, like you were talking about, and it very smoothly kind of transitions you back into the world and back into your direction where you should be. It's not like wham, hit a wall because it's a very flowing, smooth experience, much like this was. Yes. So I mean, the, the, that game company has a history of. Of even the most simple, old school gameplay mechanics being really well done. Which yeah. game company? That game company. That game Who's company is the name of that game company. You just that ruined the it. whole thing. I know. I didn't want to do the whole who's on first thing. I don't know. Anyways! <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. No, Moving on. Who's on third? <laughs> uh, the other thing that I found interesting was... The animations were amazing in this game. The sand was beautiful. The way that the rugs and uh, and like banners and stuff moved around. Was Your heavy use of fabric dynamics. Yeah, the new use yeah. of fabric dynamics was amazing. Oh, yeah. And despite that, it feels like I, at first with the game, I was almost kind of turned off when I saw a screenshot until I realized it was from that game company mm. because. You look at the character, and it looks like something that should be on, like, an Atari Jaguar or a 3DO. I'm talking, like, not even PlayStation-level character. It's a Jawa. It, yeah, it's a Jawa. <laughs> Let's not ruin this for the people who haven't played it yet, because that's going to be in their head. Yeah. And, and so, it, so that was kind of weird, but even that, even with its really simple look, was still really well animated. Right. And was just very impressive. And it actually, by not having too many mechanics, not having 
like a big narration and it allowed you to actually feel the environment more than you would normally like I believe it was Dustin who said like the only game that I could tell where the environment was nearly this good was the Uncharted series mm -hmm. but you don't notice it as much in the Uncharted series because the game as a whole is amazing it's a story and the gameplay right. and the action so that was so it really actually put the actual like dynamics of the graphics into much more of a spotlight and made you really feel more amazed by the environment and it's the first game that I've actually had like really like wow I want to just explore this world mm -hmm. I've never felt that way since Mario 64 it's the first time that I felt something. that way. Yes, and that's saying something. And so it was just absolutely, I was just blown away by it. And another thing that I thought was really interesting, and it goes back to an interview I once saw in a Game Informer magazine, I believe, with Ben Mattis, who designed the uh, Prince of Persia game, the first Prince of Persia for the uh, this console generation, mm -hmm. which is kind of not well liked for the most part. Especially by Prince of Persia fans. Oh, oh, the one with like the claw arm. With the claw arm yeah, yeah, with yeah, Nolan yeah. North, and he had said something interesting. He was talking. Nolan North is such a slut. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I would do it if I was him. If everybody wants to pay me to be in the games, I'll be there. Sign the check. That's true. I'm the Brian. I approve this message. And so, one one thing that I found really amazing is that. When he was talking about this, he was talking about the difference between writing a script in movies versus writing a script in video game medium versus actually writing a story. And one of the things that he had said was that it was a, when you're writing a video game script, you only want to give the audience just enough of the story so that they just know the basic plot. And also that you just want to give enough with the characters that you kind of understand them a bit because you want the, the, the player to fill in the blanks with their own mind. Yeah. And There's a lot game, of kind of assumption of the game world oh, and like the history and your exactly. place. Exactly. And in to that accomplish. game, in Prince of Persia, it didn't work at all. I didn't really feel any connection to the world, to the characters, and frankly, I also felt like if I was these characters, why would I be even, or if I was the prince, why would I even be doing some of the stuff that I'm doing? Mm -hmm. it, it just didn't feel authentic or real. But in this sort of a thing where you don't have dialogue, you don't have a narration, and you have to figure that out for yourself, it's absolutely true the way that they did it is like what he was saying to perfection. I, I always thought that he was way wrong on that point mm -hmm. until this game came about. So leaving same thing to the imagination. Really, yeah, leaving, really added leaving basically yeah. your character and the story to your imagination for the most part. And they did it beautifully. Well, and that's all I have to say about that's that. That's all I have to say about that. Okay, the administrator. Wow. What is your opinion? I mean, I mean, as always, we'd like to have to go out of our way to make sure that the administrator can make it to our video game podcasts here on Geek Life because she's a professional in that world, and especially in the game art and design side of things because that's her specialty. And it's, so, it's I always find it really fascinating and look forward to her kind of X-ray vision on the game. 
You know, we're sitting there playing the game. She's like, wow, the specularity is amazing. And I'm like thinking to myself, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know? So, so take it away. What, what did you think? So, first of all, I have to say this game was absolutely enchanting. And that's not something that I would say about a lot of games, but I think that's an accurate way to portray this. It yeah. was an enchanting game. If this was, you know, the church of gaming, this would be a religious pilgrimage. And I know that sounds kind of geeky, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Drink. I don't think that should count, but that's besides <laughs> moving forward. I gotta drain at least one of these three drinks in front of me. Triple-fisted drinker. Yeah. Aside from that, though, everything about this game was... It was brilliant. I'm trying to find a way to accurately describe how amazing this game was to play from a technical standpoint and from a gamer standpoint. It was... It was perfect. I'm not sure if you really want to go into the multiplayer aspect yet, or is that something we're going to cover later? Or? Uh, I was planning on talking about that, but if you'd like okay. to go right ahead. I'll just briefly touch on it, because I think that's a big factor in why I love this game so much. But first, let's back up to the very beginning. JP, in all of his wisdom, decided to let me be the first person to play the first level. <laughs> and so the trek from the starting point to the opening screen, which is brilliant in and of itself, but in real gamer terms, probably should have taken the average person, oh, 20 seconds to do, probably took about 15 minutes. <laughs> because I was running back and forth like, oh, look at the sand! It's so pretty! The opening level, as everybody else has mentioned, was a vast desert with a bunch of sand dunes. Sand, on its own, is kind of a really difficult beast to master. It's, you know, a series of tiny little, little particles. So... So how did you show that? That in itself is a really difficult concept that, you know, up until this point, I think most game companies who have attempted it have really kind of stopped short of incredible. Journey portrays it amazingly. First of all, you have um, dynamic steps where the character um, is... the drink. <laughs> I am going to be drunk. So whenever the character takes a step the sand dune reacts. This isn't something that's, you know, unheard of, obviously. Um, it, <laughs> why did I pick this word? I should have picked, like, who's a what's It's it. gonna be so good. <laughs> so much for a pro, right? And we sit in here like, when I was working in the UDK engine, I would left click. <laughs> and then if I right clicked, and oh, then hit control S, Nothing you think that would happen would happen. No, moving forward. <laughs> Every time that the character would take a step, the sand would move out a little bit and the character would sink. For having that sort of thing happen, basically in the entire environment, there's no area aside from the stone that's sticking out where the character isn't interacting with it. It's absolutely incredible. And like JP was saying, my first thought was, Ooh, shiny, these specular maps are incredible. Right, because because sand has sort of a sheen to it when it's get hit when it gets hit sort of the right angle. And they captured that magnificently. Generally speaking, when games encounter sand, they have a generalized specular map. So if the specular map explain that for us. Oh, so okay, the specular map is basically a black and white map. In some situations there are some colors, but I won't get into that. In this case, it basically tells 
the engine whether or not a material is shiny. If uh, the map is represented with a white section, that means it's super, super shiny. If it's represented with black, that means it's not shiny at all. Think like a really matte fabric. Right. And then the white would be chrome. And then the shades of gray obviously are in between. I see. Generally, you would just have a flat map for sand. So if the sun hits, it's like, ooh, shiny highlight. In Journey, they had a specular map that obviously had to have some noise in it. Maybe they built it off a normal map. I'm not even going to get into the technical stuff, but basically when the sun comes down, you get specularity on individual grains of sand. This is incredible. You really feel like I am in the middle of a sand dune. I'm in the middle of a desert. This is real. It's amazing. They also had some little dynamic things going on, little particle effects where if your character is running along it stops, some of the sand gets kicked up, and you know, just There's like a little dust sort of thing, and at all times there's kind of like this With little, the wind, yeah. it's like a little sparkly business going on. Absolutely. It's just kind of flashing around, like a particle effect. It's so, really even though there's not a lot going on in this game at any said time, you know, the levels are, I don't want to say simple, they're never simple, they're always really majestic, but there's not like, spaceships flying over and a tree coming they're down. They're not busy. Exactly. They're not busy. Yeah, it's a very peaceful game to play, really. Yeah. So even though there's not a lot going on, there's still so much technical majesty to every single level. <laughs> but like I said, you know, I took forever just to get to point A to point B because I was so busy just running my character back and forth. Like, oh, look, look, look. And on top of everything else, like Ryan said, the animations are gorgeous. There's not a lot of them. There's walk, run, stop, jump. Difficult walk. Yeah. And they're all real. It feels like the character is struggling to get up the hill. It feels like the character is trying to force itself to stop because, you know, gender's always question this. Right. Um, ah! <laughs> so much to drink. <laughs> but, you know, in big big budget games, animation cycles are still so difficult for some of them to master. A certain Zelda game, for example. <laughs> so... Is that Podcast 5? I believe so. Yeah, go check out Podcast 5 to see the administrator's rant. You know, um, JP doesn't know what he's talking about. Don't go listen to Podcast 5. <laughs> I was so horribly hungover. Really, trust the drunk admin versus the hungover admin. And so angry and hungover. So very and angry. sick, if I remember right, as well. I, we mostly like you to have. We just like to have you, more or less, just not right. <laughs> as much as possible, either just like sick, twisted, messed up, drunk, hungover, all that. This I, is the way it needs to be. I think what makes me the saddest about that is that you have no problem finding me when I'm not all right. <laughs> so perhaps if you were looking for the oh 100% admin, you'd never have me on. But we digress. This game as I was saying, is just absolutely technical, beautiful, beautiful, technically beautiful, if you want to put it in sober terms. If you are in the least That's bit interested in the technical aspect of games, go look at this game just from that standpoint. It'll be hard, because the game in itself is just so fun, but just look at it. It's amazing. And I haven't even talked about the fabric dynamics yet, and I'll jump on that real quick. These fabric dynamics, these fabric dynamics. Well, first of all, just I'll interject a little bit. This game has a heavy emphasis on fabric dynamics. Oh, absolutely. Your character is essentially a guy in like a giant red poncho. 
that's constantly flapping around, which is gorgeous. There's you know strips of fabric floating in the you know floating around, and it's it's a big part of the gameplay mechanic. And you know anyway, so it's, it's there's fabric everywhere. They even create like a seeming underground underwater level with you know fabric that is is positioned in such a way and moves in such a way that it looks like it's. Like a seaweed, and then there's some that look like there's jellyfish, and so the fabric is used in really interesting and unique ways, but it's always very much fabric. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and don't forget the scarf that increases. Of course, your character has a scarf, and that plays a big role in the game. Um, Drink. (laughs) This is why, ladies and gentlemen, and our dedicated listeners. We did not collectively have everybody drink when somebody says, oh, I'm a we would be up. dead. We started the night with 30 Guinnesses and like two six-packs of other things, and it was just, we wouldn't last the first 20 minutes. Thanks no. to me. <laughs> anyway. Thanks to all of us. Well, yeah. It's like you were saying. So the fabric dynamics of this game is really kind of a tribute to how far the gaming industry has come over the past 10 years. Because as I was looking at the character's cloak flapping in the wind, I realized that 10 years ago, that would have been been the peak of what the movie industry could have done. We're talking about something that seemed so unachievable to the game industry. And the difference between the movie and game industry is is, is what? That they don't have any limits? Yeah. uh, Well, to some degree. Generally speaking, in the game industry, you're working within... Um, a lot of different things. Uh, how much your engine can process, and just as a side note, the engine that they use for this, I didn't recognize the name, but it was oh, awesome, absolutely incredible. The you know limitations of the engine. So do, you like, do you like have limited surfaces? Do you have limited joints? Like, like, like yeah. Like, what was uh, the limit? Just out of curiosity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You have a lot of limitations when working within a engine. Just to start with the characters themselves, you have poly limits, how many polygons can go into a character. Up until the PlayStation 3 era, that was really a big deal. Uh, Drink. Come on, this is brutal. <laughs> yeah, I remember with the PlayStation 3. If you're not talking, you're not in danger. Talk Just with like down. an example with the PlayStation 3 era. I believe that to for a game, God of War, for example, mm-hmm. the polygon count on Kratos alone in God of War 3 was way more than the entire polygon count in any given scene in, God, in the first God of War. Wow. Yeah, just to move it back a little bit further, the top-of-the-line games, say, in the Nintendo 64 era, just because I could pull these figures right off the top of my head, Link, the main character in Ocarina of Time, was 700 polygons, and that was a lot for a Nintendo 64 game. When I'm making a character uh, for a current-gen game, we're looking at eh, 20, 25, 30,000 polygons is just like, eh, not really a high-poly character. Wow. So that's just over the course of, goodness, how many years has it been since, you know, the Nintendo 64 became defunct? Long time. Yeah. Uh, late 90s? Yeah, so just the change has been really drastic. Every time there's a new system, essentially you're doubling or tripling the poly count that you could use for these characters. So you have like very real limits. And what you're saying is, is with the cloth dynamics, your, your observation was that the, what, was possible, uh, what is possible now 
with the limits of a video game was what the best they could possibly imagine five, ten years ago in the movie industry where they don't have limits on poly count joints and all that sort of stuff. In the movie industry, the only limit is the power of their computers. Mm -hmm. Unless there's some strange extenuating circumstances, but generally speaking, that's really... Right, but I mean, they have the the, the flexibility, I understand, to be able to, you know, create an animation sequence, daisy-chain a shitload of computers together, and then just let it render one frame for three hours. Who gives a shit? You yeah, Because you don't have to, you don't actually have to have it be rendering it live right. and, and drawing it with, in, with inside an engine. And that's something that, you know, games have to do. Absolutely. So, that just kind of struck me as an incredible thing, to be sitting here looking at a video game that is doing what a movie could barely do ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That just brought it all together like, oh, the wonder of all of it. Yeah, I'm thinking the cape and spawn. There you go, exactly. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, aside from the technical standpoint of this game, the simplicity made it incredible. I loved every moment of this game. Mm-hmm. And I know that you want to bring up the multiplayer a little bit, but I will just touch on this. Because the multiplayer was so limited, it allowed for our experience with the person that we played half of the game with to become so much more important and there were parts of the game where we're moving between levels where my first thought was, okay, where's our buddy? We cannot move forward without our partner. Yeah, you stop and wait for that. Absolutely. There was a moment where our partner chirped a little bit and then sat down. And when your character sits down in the game, that means that they pause the game. And so they chirped, sat down, and my first thought was, oh, they said be right back. And so we right. sat around and waited for him. And that was really a ton of fun. It was awesome. And I realized at that moment that I didn't want to go forward without this person. It wouldn't have mattered if they took three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. I would have waited. I didn't want to go forward without her. Absolutely. So without putting any spoilers in it, the moment where the climax of the game happens, I was practically in tears because I was thinking, we came so far with this person. What's going to happen now? We... You know, and so when we come to the other side of that, once again, I even, I think I shouted out loud, Where, where's our guy? Where's our friend? We, we can't, no, don't go forward without it. Right. So I, it was an absolutely incredible game, and I think, I can't think of a single person I wouldn't recommend this to. Everybody needs to play this game just to see what a game can be. I think that's what's so great about this one is because it changes your view on what the potential of the game industry is right now. Right. It inspired me to go home and work on stuff. Right. I have this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. It revitalized my love for games. Yeah, I think we talked last time about how games were getting like way too easy. Yeah. And just letting people Turn it on whenever, play a bit, save, and come back to it. Oh god, could without... you imagine trying to do that in this game? Absolutely not. This, this game yeah. is seriously like a page turner you know, of a book. You, know? mm-hmm. you, you can't stop. I mean, you know, luckily and, and brilliantly, it's a very short game, but I, I would say that, I mean, my own experience. You know, I had a day off, downloaded it, I had been planning on playing it, knew that it was short, and thought to myself, I'll probably play all the way through, but maybe not. The, the two, two, two or three hours went by like that. Like I couldn't even believe that it was over. It felt so short because I was absolutely enthralled. Like I, I had, I had sat down, you know, with was sat down with like a, you know, like a beer and some chips, and was planning on just enjoying my day off playing through this game. And my beard, I didn't touch it. 
I had like one sip in the intro and then played the game and like completely forgot that I was doing anything else but the game. It totally immersed me in the, in the experience. Anything else you want to say, Mr. <laughs> Nothing that wouldn't take hours more. Yes. Well, okay, so what I would say about this game is that it really impressed me. Right, and that you're talking out your ass correctly. With no, with <laughs> with the way that I mean, just like as far as platformers go, it's really. I mean, oh, shut up and it, drink. It shocked and admired me. It admired you. The game yes, came <laughs> It admired you. Your majesty. I, no, but I was, I was, I was in awe of how much fun this game could be because the. Platformers, very much, they fall into a pattern, and this one in particular had, uh, it was doomed from the start because it was made from a movie, and, but, but just, when you, when you were looking at, when you were looking at the sprites... Yeah, I believed him <laughs> Yeah, wasn't it crazy, the little, like, hidden Easter egg the, level the monkey, with Brendan the, Fraser, the, the, monkey. the monkey, and it was narrated by Gilbert Godfrey? Right, and then there was the Johnny Depp cameo. Yes, yes, and the Johnny Depp. I, I don't and know what you guys are talking about. Game. I was talking about Aladdin for the Sega Genesis. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um, you know, JP here, finally putting my two cents in on just the game as a whole. You know, you know, not a lot more I could say than what has been spoken before. It's a very, very amazing game. You know, every little aspect of it seems to be very tight and well made, with a lot of detail and attention to. It care and quality um, I think that you know I guess what we kind of saved for me to talk about was the multiplayer and you know we talked a little bit about some of the how, how strongly we felt that we were connected to our friend and I think that it's something that you see you know emerging in games and mostly Japanese games which this is not a Japanese game although I believe one of the developers for it one of the lead game designers is a Japanese guy but the uh, the thing that's really cool about it is that somehow when it it reduces your interaction level with your with your partner with your companion, you can't really directly interact with them. Like even even Dark Souls or Demon Souls, which is kind of what popped into my mind when I first heard about how they were going to do this multiplayer, because you know even you know that like it's like you know you're different travels, different warriors, you know using this in the same universe and you like cross paths at times. Is kind of how it's always done in those games. But this one is done in a very similar way, but you are even more limited. In Dark Souls and Demon Souls, there's gestures that you're able to do. There's an entire menu, I think, like 12 different gestures. It's like waving, hello, bowing, thanking, you know, anger, all that sort of stuff. Kind of like emotes in like, a, in like an MMO or something, but more limited. This game didn't even have this. It was very, very limited. But somehow, because it was so limited, it still had this incredible connection that it could create between Absolutely. you and your companion. And you really felt like a companion. You really felt close to this person. You really didn't want to move on when they paused and stopped. You wanted to, you know, wait. There were sections in the game, because the whole game could be completely played by yourself. You don't need somebody else for anything. But there were sections, there's a particular section I'm thinking of, where there's a strong breeze going, and it comes intermittently, and you have to basically make it to different checkpoints. And I can remember thinking, you know, having a, working with somebody and they made a mistake and got blown back. And I could have easily just kept going. I don't necessarily need them. But I waited for them because it felt like, oh, no, my friend got blown back. I actually st went back with him and then so I could just walk back with him. Um, 
And, and, so there was so and that many... happened in our game. Only it was reverse. It was yeah. us that yeah, got blown yeah, back. Yeah. The, the guy, the, the guy that we, or I, I'm, I'm assuming that it's a guy. The, yeah. The, apologies the, if we're completely off base. Yeah. The, the, the tag, the tag of the person we spent the bulk of the game with, is Fishy Archerect. <laughs> and it, straight up OG. Straight up OG in this, OG game. In this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and we're just gonna we're just gonna say. It's a guy, because I don't really know. I didn't ask. We messaged back a little bit, back and forth, but... Uh, yeah, correct us if we're wrong. Yeah, Fishy we'll Archerick, sorry if we're, if we're calling you a guy and you're a girl, but we're just going to say you are a guy for now, just, just for you're simplicity's sake. You're a dude. <laughs> yeah, but, dude. Dude. But, but uh, he was amazing, because he clearly had played the more game more than us, because he had actually unlocked like a special cloak you can get from collecting things and all that. And so right then we were kind of like, oh man, this, this dude knows his shit, you know? Yeah. And he, and he did. He, he went out of his way to show us really neat hidden areas and Easter eggs in the game that we had no idea that were there. And it just made the experience all the richer. You know, th th there was this sense of you know, somebody who is more experienced and, and knows what they're doing in the game and is, is more familiar with the, the hidden things and the Easter eggs and the collectibles and stuff. And is willing to take time to show somebody who doesn't have those things how to get to it, where to go, what to do. You know, and, and like the game and the, is, and the key thing of how he did this versus what can happen is he didn't just run around and do everything. Right, we've ran he into several us. people that just ran around and completed all the things that you needed. Yeah, to like they were just on like a mission. Yeah. Now he followed us around and kind of showed us and led us and would like do half the things. And he was and patient. Kind of show the first yeah, very one, patient. and then wait for us to go activate one of the others. And so we saw what to do, but he didn't just go around and do everything. Right, right. And I, I think that this kind of game breeds, uh, breeds relationships like that and makes you want to treat other players that way. You know, I, like I said before, after we finished playing this, I went back through and spent a couple more hours playing and collecting and getting all kinds of cool stuff. And, and I found myself genuinely wanting to interact with the people and, be, and lift them up and help them find things and show them cool things just like Fishy Archerick did with us. You know, it, it was it's it, it, it creates a, the want to be able to have that kind of a closeness and relationship and, and, and supportive nature of a, of a companion. Yeah, and to jump into this, remember that the only means of communication in this game is the chirp. You push on it, and you get this little chirp, chirp noise. Right, and you get like this little like glowing orb that explodes out of your head, more or less, and you have this like little symbol that shows over your head. And it's basically like the way they signify you're talking or praying or something. Yeah, so to have this level of communication with another person is absolutely amazing. There was a point where I was playing with Ishii, and he showed me where a glyph was, which... You know, is it aspect of it's the It's a collectible that makes your scarf get longer, which is important. Which makes you fly better. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get up to it, but I had run out of my ability to fly, so I chirped. He realized, oh, you know, she can't get up here. He came down and re-energized me so I could get up there. And so when I came back down, I chirped, thank you. And he's like, chirp, 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 chirp. Yeah, it it was, it's really like amazing great. how much you can get, get across with just a couple. Because the longer you hold the circle button, the larger the chirp is. Which plays into gameplay mechanics and, and puzzles and stuff, but it also it is a really neat way of expressing what you're thinking with your with your friend. And one thing I don't think I don't know if we actually brought this up, but you don't actually find out who you've been playing with yeah. until you until beat the, the game. very very end. You, it does not give you the gamer tag. You cannot do a voice chat with this person. You can't send messages with this person. No. And the only way that you know that you're playing with somebody different, uh, unless they have the like have that super thing unlocked, which means that their cloak is white instead of red. Right. 
is, and this was something that I didn't even notice, and I don't think any of us noticed until uh, uh, your roommate told right. us about that's it. That's right. Which right. is when you chirp, like they had said, there's this little symbol. Yeah, the symbol that's over your chest. Each character has a slightly different symbol on them. Yeah, I'm sure so, there's like a there's like a set amount. There, there's of them. a set there's amount. There's enough of, of them that you can have a different one for yourself and everybody. Yeah, can play and with. it shows you at the end. Who had what symbol? Right, and, and you yeah. can recognize who was what that way. Yes. Any, anyway, you know, just wrapping up this and segueing off of, of what of what the administrator was saying about uh, our friend's fishy architect came down and, and revitalized her 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 what do you call it the scarf scarf yeah because essentially the scarf is basically there's no HUD in this game there's no heads up display nothing the it's the the only signification I mean the only the way that you know. You know how much jump or flight you have because you can jump and float and fly more or less. Is you you have a, a longer you have a nice long uh, scarf and it has this like incredibly beautiful golden writing on it. And the more you use it, the golden writing kind of erupts and dis and, and disperses and will sort of like eat up towards your neck from the end of the scarf and eventually just have just a red scarf. And so one of the things that you can do is you can get. You can chirp at each other, and inside that little like chirp bubble that pops off of you, you will heal part of their scarf. And what's so cool about that is that you get that even from just being near them. And at the very, very end of the game, you are in snow, and the snow slowly drains your scarf. And I did the snow for on my first playthrough by myself for a good chunk of it. And basically, you're just trudging through the snow. Your character's all you know frozen over, and. You know, you can barely move and it's slow and you can't jump or fly or anything like that, which is what the scarf allows you to do. But when we played, when I played through a second time, I was walking next to somebody and when you're near each other, just the presence near each other, it, it refills that scarf. And, the more, and when you're in the snow, the scarf and your entire body and everything gets like frozen and frosty looking when your scarf doesn't have any ability or power. So it was like being near each other like warmed us up. You know, and so it was just this even more kind of intimate, sweet sense of being, you know, a part of something. You know, anyway. It's like you really depended on each Absolutely, other. absolutely. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll give our final reviews for Journey. You're listening to Geek Life Podcast. Don't go away. journey here on Geek Life. Let's uh, start with Joe again. What was your rating? Actually, before we get into that, again, I know this is, you know, this is the first couple podcast. This is podcast nine. And because we have four different subjects, we only hit them a couple times so far. And in the reviews, we like to have kind of fun, unique ways to rate something. And the last time on podcast, I believe five for 
the games, we had the administrator's review of Skyward Sword. And we jokingly had it be 1 to 10 Miyamoto's, because, of course, Miyamoto makes, you know, all those famous and popular, you know, first-party Nintendo games. And we're, the Brian and I were sitting around this afternoon and preparing the soundboard and everything, and we were thinking, like, well, how should we rate this? That, you know, we, we need to come up with something. We always try to come up with something kind of kitschy and fun. And we thought, we just need to keep the Miyamotos. That's funny as hell. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then the Brian and I were talking, and we were, and we were thinking, okay, we need to... But do we want to have half points? Because this is always a sticking point for the Brian. Do we have half points? Because it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to have, like, you know, one to five stars... And you're going to have a half a star. It's like, just move to a ten system, you douchebag. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, you're basically rating it anyway. So, anyway. But we decided to have half points because we want to have a visual thing in our, in our section, in our review section, of a bunch of smiling Miyamoto heads. And we're pretty sure that we need to have half a Miyamoto head, and we're going to, like, you know, have him bloody or something. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, so that's why we were allowing halves. The Brian has given his his his, his tentative stamp of approval. Oh no, it's full stamp. Full stamp. There's, approval. there's no full stamp approval. Yeah, so, it's so, so Joe, one to ten Miyamotos. Rate this game. All right, I am giving it a solid nine of ten Miyamotos. Wow, that's a high score. That's really high. I don't know what could have been better. I'm sure there could have been something, but there's no way I would know until I saw it. Right. Otherwise, this game was so solid. I, like I said, I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. I was thrilled playing with And I, I'm totally happy talking about it now. It's bringing back all these great memories. I remember our buddy and just being so concerned about our fate together. And right. It was and the like ten minutes drawing shapes in the sand. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we would play with you know our friend, make yeah. little different shapes, and... and trying to write in the snow. Yeah, it was so engaging. So solid night. Absolutely, very entertaining. So skipping, skipping Chaz. Sorry. <laughs> and moving on. To... Not skipping me. My rating for Sega Genesis <laughs> Aladdin is. Three and a half Miyamotos. Ooh, you didn't like it. It was really? it was good, but it suffered from the same flaws as almost all movie games. Y- you realize that that's out of a ten scale, right? Half, three and a half out of ten. Half on a ten scale. I thought we were halves on a five scale. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no, no. no we half on a ten scale. We needed to cut his head in half because that's hilarious. yeah. Yeah, if oh. we gave it a nine out of five. You really are drinking <laughs> a lot. You're really drinking a lot. Yes. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Okay. Cheers. There we go. Okay. So. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Was waiting for it. You said the okay, and then. Yeah, I know. I was like, okay. Everybody's like, kind of leans in. Say it. Dustin, what was your review? I would say mine would be a nine out of ten as well. Yeah. It was. I couldn't think of any way that it could really be better, necessarily. But it wasn't, it's still definitely a downloadable game. It's not the amount of content that you would expect out of a full title. But for what it was, it was great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, first off, I need to make sure to clarify something. With Sega's Aladdin, (laughs) are we going three and a half Miyamoto's out of ten or seven Miyamoto's out of ten? 
If we're going on a 10 scale, it's going to need to be six Miyamoto's. Okay, six Still Miyamoto's out of 10. Okay. It was it was a good concept. It was it was a good concept the way that they executed it, but it still had all of the flaws. They didn't have any of the original voice actors. It was it was They have voice actors? On a Sega? In, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. When did they yeah. have voice actors? It was, it was one of the very first game systems that had voice acting. The yeah, first, it. one of the first games that had voice Joe acting. Joe Montana Pro Talk Football had you, narration. You talk about one of the first games for the Sega Genesis was Altered Beast. Altered Rise Beast. From your Rise grave. from your grave. Exactly. So, so you're saying that this game wasn't exactly a diamond in the rough? <laughs> no. Ugh. That was so bad it locked up my computer. But what's your rating, Brian? So my rating is a 9.5 Miyamoto's. You just out had of to 10. cut that man's head I off. I had to cut the man's head off. I couldn't give the game a 10 out of 10 just because I don't know if that's fair to any other game, really. I gotta say that this was one of the best games and gaming experiences. I've had in ages. I'm mm-hmm. uh, so captivated by it. And so I didn't want to give it an 8.5 because it's better than an 8.5. But there had to be a 0.5 in there somewhere. Thus, <laughs> 9.5 out of 10. Administrator. I wish there wasn't just a 0.5 system. I wish there was a 0.75. But I'm sure that's going to make it apart. really hard for me to make it. <laughs> yeah. You know, quarters just missing his quarters, quarters of yeah. Miyamoto heads. It's like cutting the year off. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'll take a nine point eight five two three seven. Yeah, that's yeah. missing one eye. Yeah, that poor man must be sneezing something crazy right now. <laughs> you know, I keep thinking I should give this, you know, a nine, a nine point five, but really, I want to give this game a Y two K ten. And the reason why I say that is within the last 12 years, I cannot think of a game that impressed me this much. A modern game, you know, in full adulthood, here I am. I can't think of a game that really, I was still thinking about days and days later about how amazing it was. With how much fun you had playing. So I'm going to give this game a solid 10 with a small caveat of if you want to have the same gaming experience that we did, what gave this game a 10? You need to find a partner and stick with them all the way through because that made the ending so heart-wrenching, incredible, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very moving. With the right partner, this game is a 10. At its worst, it's a 9.5. But my experience was a 10. Well, I have to say because... We had different partners at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And we even had somebody that was kind of trolling us and blocked a yeah, certain pathway that, will you, ruin this. that made it really hard to get past because you had to activate this this one You basically stood in the way. And just blocked it so that we couldn't access it. Uh, but Drink. The, I'm out. But the... Whatever, moving on. We'll get the the later back. part of the game, we go. had the same Chance partner the rescue. that stuck with us, and that made it a lot different and a lot better. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I gotta say that fishy archerect defense. Fishy archerect, yeah. <laughs> you know, just just a funny funny side note. I, I I went out of my way to ask fishy archerect if it was okay if we could put his name. I'm again assuming he. His Sorry. Name, uh, up on the up on the podcast because uh, it, it was really fun. We had played together and we actually like this is like a strong connection that you create. Yeah. And we really got strong. we got just like an unprompted you know message from him saying. Hey, that was really fun. You were easily one of the most talkative. It was Joe's fault. One of the most, one of the most talkative, you know, companions I've had. If we ever play again, I'll know it's you because Joe was just yeah, saying like it was like the greatest message that I had seen from another player. It was like, yeah, thanks for taking the journey with me. You were easily the most chattiest companion I've ever had. If I play with you again, I definitely will know it's you. And I went, I, I, messaged him back and was like, hey, you know, it was actually a bunch of us. We were passing the, you know, the control around, around. Robin style, we're ready for a podcast. I gave him the you know pandamega.com and, and uh, you know I said, Hey, can we use your can we use your name on there? And, and, and he messaged me back, he's like, Yeah, sure, that's cool. Uh, and now everybody gets to know that I made a typo. He was planning on fishy architect was the plan. But put in fishy architect and didn't realize it until it was a little far in, and it was like, no. So it, that, it's, that's, that's kind of what I got from the message anyway. But but it was definitely definitely like a little backstory to the fishy architect. It's pretty funny. Yes, and so thank you, fishy architect, for yes, making our game much 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 more enjoyable. Absolutely. Well, my my score, I'm gonna have to give it um, an eight, and the reason that I'm giving it a harder score is 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 what we just said. The game depends too heavily on multiplayer for it to be good. The difference in the game, in the enjoyment of the game, from when we played together with Fishy Archerect and when I played together on my own, was dramatic. You know, I had some Herpaderp Dingbat with me the first time around, and there are a few enemies that you had to deal with, and essentially all you had to do was like avoid their gaze and hide under these like little, you know, awnings. And we're waiting until this guy's gaze is right on us, and my guy's like, I'm just gonna walk out right in the middle of it. And like, we both got hit, and it's just like, bro, really? So, anyway, it was really frustrating, so I had just somebody that really did not do well the first time through, and then I had some people that just didn't want to interact with me at all. And and then playing with Fish Yarkrick, it's like, oh, that's the way the game's meant to be. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I would say that the reason why I'm giving it an 8 is that it's is that it is incredible, highly recommended for anyone to play, and there is potentially one of the most incredible gaming experiences you could have available to you, but it is dependent on the person you get matched up with. And I think that that, that un, you know, unvary, I mean, that, like, unpredictability there is neat, but at the same time, it, it, it changes this, this, the experience so dramatically. You know, and so, you know, on one hand, it's amazing that it can be so great to have a really cool partner with you the whole time. The other side of that is that if you have a shitty partner with you, it, it, you, you're robbed of that experience. And so that's kind of my only downside from it. But so if the game is, it, like, if, if you could guarantee that your game experience was with somebody who was really cool to be with, I would, I would, I would have no problem giving it a 9 or a 10. And from that standpoint, if you play through this game and get kind of your derpy friend... Do not stop playing this game until you find a good partner, yeah. because it's and it's a two-hour game. Yeah, find yeah. a good partner yeah. and play, play the times. whole damn game with yeah. them. Yeah. And just as a little Easter egg, play the game all the way through and then immediately press start again because I fell in love with that moment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This is brilliant. This is a great game. Well, this podcast is getting really long. Why don't we break this guy into two parts? So we will see you guys next week for the final conclusion and the 
uh, March Madness countdown of One Shining Moment. So, so join us back then, and you guys will get to hear the second half. Cliffhanger! Cliffhanger, what will you do? Our first cliffhanger ending podcast! <laughs> You've been listening to Geek Life, Panda Mega Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit pandamanga.com for all your indie comic needs. If you have any questions or comments on today's show, please visit our forums at forum.pandamanga.com. Anyone interested in becoming a contributor with Pandamanga, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. This is The Brian, and we'll see you next time. You know, you gotta have the truth. Drink! <laughs> oh! <laughs>